This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. I, I felt like a failure. I was like, mm-hmm. I've let this designer down. I thought I was going to get her skirt into a magazine. I did it. Went on about my business, you know, got back to Toronto. I was in Toronto. And then uh, one of the writers for Instel sent me a DM. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we saw this photo of you in this skirt. We would like to feature you in InStyle. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who've done some amazing things. And you guessed it, we asked them three questions, not about their successes, though, but rather about their failures, but more uh, particularly about the uh, lessons that they learned from those individual experiences. So with that being said, uh, my guest today uh, is Lily Yanch. Did I, hopefully I said that right. <laughs> You're so close. Youngie. <laughs> youngie, youngie, oh, youngie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she is a model. She's a <laughs> content creator. Uh, she's a TV parenting expert on CTV's BT Montreal and uh, Global as well. Uh, she's been in campaigns for H&M, Sephora, Mazda, Espresso. Uh, she's graced the cover of Zuri Magazine and featured in InStyle, uh, El Quebec, and Vogue Italia. Damn. That's, uh, that's oh gosh, the, that's quite the <laughs> I'm laundry flattered. list. <laughs> I'm flattered. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, <laughs> so I always ask people when they hear their accolades, their achievements rhymed off by someone else, how does it feel? Does it feel like, wow, I did all that? Or does it like, yeah, damn right. I did all that. Or is it a combination of both? Um, for me, it's a, whoa, really? <laughs> it's definitely like, oh my gosh, they really do all of that. And, um, um, I think one of my biggest uh, issues is I don't take time to recognize my success and how far I have come. So when you read it, I was like, whoa, what, what, <laughs> really? That's me. What? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I have that moment. <laughs> now I know the, the intro I gave you was middleweight. So for the people that don't know who you are, why don't you give them a, a kind of a brief kind of elevator pitch synopsis of who you are, what you do and what you're about? Yeah, um, well, from everything else that you've said, I'm also a, like a proud mother. Um, however, my story did not start off kind of, um, you know, a fairy tale and fantastic in any aspects at all. Um, I actually was um, South Sudanese, I'm South Sudanese and Ugandan, and I was born in Uganda. Mm. Um, And um, my family and I were kind of grew up, you know, um, in a refugee camp for a very long time. Um, So we don't really, (laughs) yeah. So it's really funny when I share my my story on how everything started for, for me and my family. It's like, really? how do you just keep going? I'm like, well, that's just part of life. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was sponsored by um, a church and we moved here in 2020, sorry, not in 2020, 2000. And um, I sort of grew up here, but I came here with the clothes on my back and I didn't speak English and I, Mm -hmm. you know, struggled through school and, um, and yeah. And here I am now. Wow. Wow. So we're, we're going to get into this story. Oh, gosh. Um, that's, 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 that's amazing. I'm, I'm always, um, I don't know if fascinated is the right word, but it just, 
one of so one of my favorite words, Lily, is perspective. And so when I when I come across people like you that have such an interesting upbringing background, um, it's always helps to put you know your kind of as in your I, I mean as in my kind of day to day problems issues into perspective because you know you've heard the term first world problems before like you know mm-hmm. and, and when when you've been through what you've been through it's just like come on if I can handle that then <laughs> this thing that's kind of annoying me right now is not really a big deal so uh, absolutely I love, I love hearing stories like yours um so let's get into it so the first question um as a model uh content creator and parent uh what has been your biggest failure to date tell me about that moment and why do you believe it was your biggest failure? Hmm. Um, for me, I would actually say um, so far my biggest failure to, uh, to date is happening right now. Um, I, I would say that during the pandemic, um, I sort of lost, there were so many things that were falling apart Mm. Um, from, you know, my personal life to business, to being a mother, um, and not having a hold or control of things. I felt like I was consistently falling. I was, it was like, no matter what I did, nothing was working out till this day. And I would say it's difficult because I've always had everything in control. And so with the pandemic and also with, again, it goes back to my personal life, I had somewhat of a control. So when things start to shift a completely different direction, you just feel, you just feel like you're failing at everything. I don't have, um, for a long time, I didn't have the motivation to create. I didn't have the motivation to put a hundred percent into my work or even, even parenting felt like such a war. Mm. Um, So it's, it's, I, I don't know how else to say it, but even till like I like sit, till today, like today, I just feel like I'm not where I used to be, and I'm still failing at a lot of things that um, I'm playing, you know, different roles in my life, and I just feel like it's not nothing is working out. <laughs> so, <laughs> trying to get through that obstacle, but it's difficult. Right, right. So, what are what are the what are some of the things that you do to you know, I, I like the fact that you're in it right now, because a lot of the people I speak to, it was maybe three months ago, maybe it was last year, maybe it was a couple of years ago. But what are some of the things you're doing right now to kind of, you know, climb yourself out of the kind of, you know, uh, situation you're in right now? Yeah, I mean, I am the type of person that does not like to speak. Um, I don't like to talk about my personal life or mm-hmm. um, what is happening or my struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always the type that would prefer to help others. That's just who I am. Um, mm-hmm. But I came to the realization a few weeks back, I can't do this on my own. So I actually mm-hmm. decided to look into therapy and mm-hmm. and I'm in therapy now. And I sort of grew up in a household that, again, would always shut you down and would tell you, hey, you shouldn't be sharing, you know, Mm -hmm. your emotions or what has happened to you with the rest of the world or anyone else. It's not your family. Um, And that was the mentality that I had for a very long time. I'm almost 29 and I and I knew I needed therapy, but Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no in hell. I'm going to go sit and have somebody tell me what to do about my life. But 
I took control because I was like, no, this, I can't handle this on my own. And I constantly failing over and over again. And I need someone else's perspective that isn't a family member or a friend. So I took control and am going to therapy. (laughs) Awesome. You know what? I've I've taken a similar journey this year myself, Um, Mm -hmm. like yourself. So first of all, I'm Jamaican. So I totally understand the whole, you know, (laughs) share your business and have someone else tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I, and, I'm a, and I'm a male. So there's a male ego yeah. on top of that. So yeah. I totally get that. And I can relate to that point. But yeah, I, I had to check myself in. Uh, I think it was like late February this year, because I, I consider myself a, uh, of a strong mental fortitude. I'm mentally tough, however you want to describe that. But at some point, you're just like, to what you just said, I can't do this on my own. Like, you know, your, your best thinking has gotten you this far, which is great, but then there's, there's things you don't know. Right. And I think, uh, so I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, there's something called a Jahari window. I think I said it right. So basically it says everyone has four cells. So Mm -hmm. for you, there's things about Lily that, you know, that other people know as well. So that's one window or Mm -hmm. oneself. Then there's things, you know, about yourself that nobody else knows. So that's, uh, another window. And then there's things that other people recognize or know about you that you haven't discovered about yourself. And that's where a therapist can come in. And then the last window is there's things you have yet to discover about yourself. And there's things that people have yet to discover about you. So that's mm-hmm. why I feel like the therapy part comes in those last two squares to help you see things Absolutely. that you, you weren't able to see so you can help to get over whatever situation or hump that you're going through especially when it comes to feeling like you're a failure or you're failing at a lot of things. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, from my perspective, I might think that I'm failing at, um, at a task or um, being a mother or my creative, uh, my creative life, but she might be like, Hmm, what, maybe you should look at it this way. And, um, just again, I'm seeing things from one side. So it's, it's been, I mean, it's my first session, but it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that you, you hit on is just like, you know, um, especially when it comes to social media, we always seeing people's like highlights, right? So for example, someone mm-hmm. could go to your page and be like, wow, she's been an L she's been featured on this. She's on CTV. She's on this and that. And they could have no idea that personally that you could be struggling with something. They just, and then they look at your success and then they feel some type of way and it adds mm-hmm. to their success. So it or mm-hmm. adds to their kind of uh, drama, if you will. So I just find it so interesting that we all have to remind ourselves that everyone goes through something like absolutely regardless of how many things they have accomplished, like yourself, no matter how much success they've had in their life at a, at a, at a young age, like yourself, everyone is dealing with something. Absolutely. And, and I also have to check myself a lot of the times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even because because my entire platform, I mean, this is my job. So a lot of the times I have a lot of things in my face every single day from, you know, creative aspects, from how you should be looking, how you should be dressing, what's the hottest trend, blah, 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 blah. And I have to check myself all the time. It's like, that's, I've never been the type of person that wanted mm-hmm. to be like everybody else. I, I, at least that's the one thing that I, um, recognized about my personality and who I was at a very young age, um, because I didn't grow up like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So oh, it's, it's so with social media, you can feel like, oh, you just have to be this perfect. You have to be this like picture perfect 
person or you have to, you know, be a certain um, successful um, way or you have to be successful in some sort of way. But honestly, it's true. Everybody's going through it. I have I have girlfriends that are going through it that are extremely successful in the social media world. And you would never know. You would just never know. Um, So it's just, you know. I try to step back from social media a lot. Um, Mm. I do look at social media like my job. I have built my tribe and they are my family. However, Mm. there's times where I'm like, I can't be like available to you. I just cannot be available. And so I step back a lot. (laughs) Right. And I could definitely relate to that because there was a moment in time where I would stop scrolling. I I think for about two years, I only like posted and got Mm -hmm. off. And the only way I would see what was on your feed is, if you know when you open up the app, it just automatically shows. Yeah. That was the only time I would know. And, and you know what? The the downside to that is I sometimes some friends I knew that had babies, I, I missed out because I just mm-hmm, you know of course. But I, I did it to protect, you know, I was in a in a you know, lack of better words, I was in a you know, not so good mental place, like fragile, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. And so I did that to kind of protect my peace as I was your mental working, health, yeah. yeah, working my way out. But that that's mm-hmm. really good to hear that you say that. Um, so speaking of, you know, being different, let's talk about um, beauty standards. Uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. so, <laughs> so I know that's I know that's a, a topic, um, an area that you champion to challenge the status quo of what is considered beautiful. So why do you believe the media, including social media, is failing when it comes to diversity and beauty? Um. I'd say because it's for the longest time, this is all they knew. Like for the longest times, um, the market, the marketing world and the social media world, not even the social media world. I let's just talk about uh, models, right? Um, You had to be a certain size. Uh, You had to look a certain way so that designers can select you to model their clothes. So I feel like now that I'm in, I'm sort of in the digital marketing world and a lot of the times I'd get, you know, briefs from campaigns and they would be like, okay, this is, this is the brand and this is what we're looking for. And it's still the person that they're presenting to me and you want to hire me on as one of your creators, they don't look like me. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just think it's a mentality thing for a long time. Um, the industry world has been ran a certain way and so brands a lot of brands and PR companies are still sort of hiring the same people so there's you're not really you look like you're woke but you're not woke like you're not looking to hire anybody outside of um I don't know you're the beauty standard um you know I don't know fair skin right. um and that's one of my biggest struggles and that's one of the biggest things that I um sort of try to implement into all of my work is um, amplifying mm-hmm. how beautiful dark-skinned women are and how, you know, um, women of color should be in a lot of campaigns. And it's it's still a struggle till this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like I've sort of gotten a place in this, in this industry where I can speak up mm-hmm. uh, because I have been able to, you know, execute certain campaigns. And I'm like, a lot of the times I'd look at campaigns and be like, hey, you don't have somebody like this. Maybe you should consider hiring X, Y, and Z. Or um, I, I don't even take things that I can't see and any representation or none. I'm like, no, 
it's just because we should be past that. So um, I think it's a mentality thing and we just um, haven't gone past that at all. Right. And so with that being said, with us or the industry not really getting past it yet, um, what are some of the effects that you see happening with, uh, I assume you'll probably work with young women to a certain extent or associate with them. What are some of the effects you've personally seen about these social norms and, and how can they be changed ultimately? My biggest, uh, one of the, my, you know, one of the things that I always would say to myself is if they are not out going to let you sit at their table, you have to create your own. Hmm. And I've come to the realization, it doesn't matter how, how much I, you know, try to implement um, our culture, dark skinned women or whatever the case is, it's time for me to create my own table. And hmm. so it's teaching them that, you know, you, as well, for me, as a dark skinned woman, I have always struggled with um, being bullied my entire life. I was bullied because I was too black. I was bullied because, you know, I looked a certain way. And now I, I want, you know, these little girls to embrace that. And I want to create a platform that just when they come onto my platform, they know I'm talking to them without me even speaking, you know, I'm speaking to you with the way that I move, with the way that I, I maybe dress, with the way that I embrace my skin color. Um, so yeah, I've sort of, I'm starting to create a table for, for us. That's awesome. And when you talk about being bullied, this question just came to mind. Curious to know, would you say that you were bullied equally by people outside that were, let's say, Caucasian or a different race or do you find it was equal with people that were lighter than you that, but also black? Um, I grew, I grew up in Scarborough. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I would say that I was more so bullied uh, within my own um, community. Yeah. Community. Mm -hmm. And again, that kind of goes back to tears, right? Like if you're more light skin, you've got mm. a bit more privileges. If you're, you know, darker, it's, it's just like, well, you don't, mm -mm, you know? Um, so I found a lot of the times when I was younger, it was more so within my community that I was bullied mm. and I didn't get it. I honestly did not understand. I, I was like, that makes no sense. You're maybe two shades <laughs> lighter than me or whatever mm. the case is. And for me, I actually, the thing was, I didn't grow up with Caucasians. I didn't grow up with, and by not growing up, I mean, I grew up in a small village in Uganda. So all I saw were my own people. So right. moving here and sort of getting this um, feeling like not included because I was darker, it, it shocked me because I was like, mm. oh my God, I, I was excited. I was excited to meet other shades of brown because all I was used to was similar shades to mine. Right. So it, it, it was definitely, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it, it was eye-opening. Mm -hmm. um, it was sad, mm. to be honest. It was very sad that we, we would even, you know, hate on each other like that. Mm -hmm. um, so but, um, and it scarred me. I'm not even going to lie. It scarred right. me for a long time because you, you don't expect that from your own, um, your own color. Right. No. And, and I'm not surprised that it did. Um, and I was always, I, I just, I went there because I want you to unpack that because I, <laughs> I feel sometimes 
you know, you're talking about the fake woke. We have a lot of fake woke in our community that, you know, whether they've done it in the past and do it now, I think a lot of us still use that kind of uh, proximity to whiteness as a way to judge each other, whether we're mm-hmm. conscious of it or not conscious not. of it, you know? Um, so I definitely can relate to you in that sense and understand where you, where you came from, even like growing up when you, I'll give you a story about myself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when I was 12 years old, <laughs> man, this is embarrassing, but it's the truth. Uh, I, well, you see my complexion, I'm chocolate, but I'm not super mm-hmm. chocolate, whatever. Um, I once got on my knees and and prayed to God to be light skinned because I thought I'd get mm. more I, I thought I'd get more girls right. Thankfully, yeah. it didn't happen because I I love my my chocolate skin. But, <laughs> but you know, I, but I, I know I completely understand that. Yeah, I completely understand. At, at school, because all the light skinned guys with the nice wavy hair were getting all the mm-hmm. attention, and this is mm-hmm. the, the era with genuine and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was a trend. So it's just it was. This, a trend exactly mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a trend and I feel like that's kind of one of my um I don't know it sort of it, it, it in a weird way it kind of annoys me because mm-hmm. I feel like there was a there was a moment you know back in the day where you know light skins were trending and mm-hmm. now I just feel like dark skins are mm-hmm. trending and I absolutely hate it I yeah. hate it because I don't want to be a trend. I've never wanted to be a trend. I've never wanted you to look at my complexion and fantasize about it. Mm. So it's, it's unfortunate that we, we're sort of making it that um, trend, you know, Mm -hmm. we're allowing people to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, for with you know, with my complexion, I'm, I'm really in, in, well, in the industry, um, now I'm, 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 I'm a hot ticket, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, she's dark. She meets this and this and this let's take her. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to shift away from that in the sense of, I don't want you to just look at me and be like, oh, okay. We should be fantastic for X, Y, and Z. I want it to be like, okay, we want to hire her because she's great at what she does. Not because right. of my complexion. Right. Right. Or hire somebody else. Right. That's also exactly like me, even though they may not have the same resume as me. Right. But yeah. yeah, I just feel like we've sort of created a trend and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I, 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 feel like... I know we went off topic. <laughs> no, no. But you know what? This is this is good because people can relate to this. And it just makes me think, especially what happened last year with George Floyd. I feel like a lot of things are trending right now. Like it's Absolutely. good to have your token black woman in a leadership position in your company like that's like the new trend and you're wondering it's a new trend yeah you know if there's any real true meaning behind that and how long will this last and to your other earlier point if you don't really have a seat at the table then you know there's a there's a time limit to your to your position absolutely absolutely but let's uh get into the last question which is really a two-part question which most of my questions are (laughs) um (laughs) what is the best lesson you believe you've learned from, from failing thus far? Oh, the best lesson. Oh man. And I've, I've failed a lot. <laughs> I failed a lot and I'm still failing till this day, but it's, mm-hmm. um, I think what I've learned from all of this is 
trust yourself, you know, um, mm. I had to trust myself mentally and, um, and physically my, my body just started to say, no, <laughs> like you're doing too much. And, um, but failing over and over and over again, made me realize that I'm stronger than I actually thought I would be. And trust me, like I said, I've failed so much and I trust my journey and I trust my calling and I trust um, the reason why God has put me on this earth. And that is sort of what has allowed me to continue to do what it is that I'm doing. And to be honest, I don't have I can't tell you five years or whatever the case is. And a lot of the times people, you know, know exactly what it is that where, where they'll see themselves in five years. I can't tell you, I don't know where my journey is going to take me. I mean, um, I didn't know five years, you know, at, at the age of five, I would lose my mother. I didn't know, you know, at the age of seven, eight, I would be living in a refugee camp. I, it's just a part of how my journey was put out for me. And I trust my journey and I trust um, I trust myself enough to fail and get up again and continue to move forward. So, mm. And I like that because it's, that's something that I'm rediscovering now in my mid thirties mm-hmm. is to trust yourself. And I was like, how do you know when it's just, I was asking myself, how do you know when it's just kind of like an immature feeling or when it's actually the thing you're supposed to do? And I came up with this thing. Well, well, if you go to sleep, and you're dreaming about it. If you wake mm-hmm. up, it's the first thing you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. If you're going throughout your day, you're kind of daydreaming in and out about it. And so it's just like, it's like this feeling in your stomach, you yep. know, you know, and it's just, it keeps, keeps going. Exactly. It's, it's consistent and it's pulling at you. And you, and to your point, you might not know how to actually do it. You might mm-hmm. not know if it's going to work out, but something just keeps saying, this mm-hmm. is what you got to do. Just exactly. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's, it's honestly, I, I talk to myself all the time. I'm like, and that's kind of one of the things, again, manifesting what it is that you want in your life is something that I believe in a lot. I actually more so believe that it's God's work, not really me. So mm. <laughs> um, a lot of the times I, w- I will talk to him and I'll be like, all right, so this is, this is what I wanted. This is my list. Like mm-hmm. I told myself, I'll tell you a really quick story um, about, you know, being featured on in style. I, this was when I went to New York city. You remember mm. we were speaking about going to New York city. So mm-hmm. uh, when I first started out in my career, obviously I met one of my, I'd consider her, she's like one of my best friends and we met in the weirdest way. Like she came on my live and, um, and she's like, Oh, where do you live? And I'm like, girl, like you can't ask for my location like that. I am not going to put it out. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. but um, her name is Toronto Shay, And like, she's definitely one of my closest friends. And mm-hmm. so we decided to go to New York city in 2016, I believe for New York, um, New York fashion week. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I was just really starting out, um, getting the hang of, you know, social media marketing and modeling, whatever the case was. And I was like, man, I, I can't afford to go to New York city. I don't have a lot of money, but I'm still going to go. I'm like, okay, I got it. Um, I was, chatting with a designer that was based in the States. And I saw this skirt and I was like, man, you got to make this skirt for me. 
And I was like, girl, you got to make this skirt. And she wanted to collaborate with me. We were so excited. We did a collaboration and she created the most beautiful skirt. And in my head, I was like, man, I'm going to end up on Vogue. Like I just told myself, I'm like, if I go to New York City, I'm going to end up in a magazine. It's going to be Vogue. Vogue is going to, you know, take a photo of me and I'm just going to end up on Vogue. I told myself this over and over again. We end up in New York City, had a fantastic time. I walked away. I didn't end up in a single magazine, not even one. And Mm -hmm. I was so disappointed. I I felt like a failure. I was like, Mm -hmm. I've let this designer down. I thought I was going to get her skirt into a magazine. I did it. Went on about my business, you know, got back to Toronto. I was in Toronto. And then uh, one of the writers for InStyle sent me a DM. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we saw this photo of you in this skirt. We would like to feature you in InStyle. I was like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> so that was kind of like, it was just such yeah. a surreal moment, but I trusted that I was going to end up in Vogue, even though it wasn't Vogue later on, I did end up in Vogue. But at mm. that moment I had, um, I had, you know, made a promise to myself that whatever I do, I'm going to end up in a magazine and they came to me. I didn't even go to them. Wow. No, that's a great story. <laughs> and you know what? And I feel like that it takes courage to to follow that gut instinct that feeling mm-hmm. that intuition but I, and i and i feel that when you do fall, follow it that things like that end up happening but you have to absolutely trust yourself and you have to and i think what makes it a little bit more difficult in today's times is we live in this what i call a data drunk society we have all these stats and information and you know there's 10% chance of this, 5% chance of this, Absolutely. you get overwhelmed and you kind of like, you freeze up like, oh, I should yep. do it, you know? And then and you ignore this. You're, yeah, it's so true. You know, but yeah. It's so true. <laughs> um, so the follow-up, if, if you could go back in time and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice about life or pursuing a goal or a dream, what would that one piece of advice be? Oh, I'm trying to think back to my 18 year old self. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Ah, my 18 year old self. Ah, advice for her. Honestly, if I were to go back, I'd tell her to do exactly what she's doing. I mean, I, I mean, definitely if I, there were, there were things that she was doing that uh, I wish she wasn't doing, but 18 year old self was, I was sort of the type of kid that stay out of trouble. I worked two jobs. Um, I had a vision. I was, I was doing, you know, I, I was um, a part of a youth group. So I was, um, you know, learning photography because I thought that was what I wanted to pursue in life. And so, but everything that she did led me to where I am now. Mm. But if I was to go back to, let's say, 14, 15 year old, or sorry, 12, my 12 year old self, I'd tell her, don't give up. I think that was one of my darkest ages. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was really depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, to be honest, I had suicidal thoughts because of how much I was going through with um, the way that I was being treated over and over and over again. And, um, and I hated life. So I mean, if I if I had really advice for anyone else, it'd be her that Mm. you'll be okay. You'll be okay. 
And that's beautiful. And you know what? Um, Sometimes I read somewhere that um, we don't necessarily need to learn something new. We just have to hear that somebody else is going through it to know Mm -hmm. that it's going to work out that to your point, it will be okay. So hopefully someone, so someone hearing this can hear what you just (laughs) said and be like, you know what? Lily says going to be okay. You got this. You got this. <laughs> you Amazing. Got this. So Lily, I know you're uh kind of a social media maven, maverick, if you will. Uh so where can people find you if they want to follow you and get in touch with you, work with you? Uh where can people yeah, find you? Yeah. Totally. So um my IG is Lily Youngie. That's L-I-L-Y-Y-A-N-G-E. Um I'm honestly an open book. I mean, feel free to shoot me a message in the DMs. I I love talking to everybody. That's just kind of my personality. Um, but funny enough, I, I love to meet people in person. So hopefully one day we could all kick it one day. So yeah, 100%. But that's, that's it. <laughs> 100%. So as guys, uh, as, as I always like to end with, um, if you want to impress people, talk about your wins, your successes, the things that you got and stuff like that. But if you really want to have an impact on somebody's life, uh, talk about your losses, your failures, the those type of experiences. That's how you really move the needle in uh, another person's life. Uh, so with that being said, Lily and I are out. Peace and love to the next time. Uh-huh.